Okay, today's daf is Chafhei, Babakama 25, and we are on daf Chafhei right after the Mishnah, about uh, six lines down from the top of the daf, and our learning should be in the zuchus of the uh, protection of our chayalim and chayalot, and the uh, continued return of the hostages and their safety and security. Okay, so we pick up with the debate of Rebbe Tarfin and the Chachamim. Rebbe Tarfin said that when a ox gores um, um, in the Rishut HaNizak, in the property of the person who is damaged, um, that the payment is full, not half, even though it's the first time. And uh, he does this from a Kavachomer from Shane and Regel, that in Rishut HaRabim, Shane and Regel are exempt and that they're liable in Rishut HaNizak, the full amount. And um, so therefore, Karen, which is half damages in Rishut HaRabim, Kavachomer should be Rishut HaNizak, the full amount. To which the rabbis say, um, it is sufficient for that which you are learning out, that it starts, that it doesn't exceed that which you derived it from. So since you derived it from Karen in Rishut in Arbim, which is half, yes, we concede that in Rishut Nizak it's certainly a weightier situation, but the most you can get to is that you can get to half. Um, and therefore, it, you do not get to full, even though Rishut HaNizak is weightier. Um, and then in the Mishnah, Rabbi Tarfin sort of switches and says, no, 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 let's not focus on Karen in this case, Karen in that case. That would be, so then you couldn't get beyond half. Let's focus on Rishut HaRabim versus Rishut HaNizak. Rishut HaRabim is a place where sometimes you pay zero in Shane and Regel, and sometimes you pay half by Karen. So therefore, and Rishut HaNizak is a place where you pay full by Shane and Regel, so you should certainly be paying full by Karen, which is a weightier case, you should certainly be paying it because Rishut HaNizak is a place that you pay full. So therefore, the comparison is Rishut HaNizak by Shane and Regel, which is full to Rishut, which is to Rishut HaNizak by Karen, which should be full. So you shouldn't be limited by Dial, but they basically respond back and say, no, at the end of the day, it really is still um, Karen to Karen, and it really should be limited by Dial. That's the debate in the Mishnah. Um, now, the Gemara, rather other than sort of taking his second tack, which is you seems to be a stronger position, which seems to be like, let's just focus on Rishut HaNizak as a place where you pay full by Karen. Regularly, you should pay full by Karen. They say, no, he really is learning Karen from Karen, but he does not hold of Dio, or he doesn't hold of Dio all the time. And let's take a look at that in the Gemara. So the Gemara says like this, for Rabbi Tarfan, does Rabbi Tarfan not hold of Dio? Because he only switched tacks in the Mishnah when the Chachamim pushed back and said Dio. But it sounds like he himself wasn't bothered by Dio. It sounds like he himself would say, Karen, which is half in Rishut HaNizak, Rabim, should certainly be full in Rishut HaNizak. Okay, that's a Kavachomer that doesn't have Dayo, but then what's the limit? Where, where you know, shouldn't you, shouldn't you be limited by Dayo? So the Gemara says, and Dayo is a Torah principle. You know, besides that it's a Torah principle, the question also is that if, if you don't say Dayo, you don't know how far you can go. Kavachomer allows you to say it should be at least as good. It wouldn't tell you that it should be better. If it's better, how much better? How, where do we see Dayo is a Doraita principle? Titan, we turn to Brisa. Din Dayo. This is in the list of the, of the Yud Yomom Dot, the 13 hermeneutic principles that the Torah is, 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 you know, that Halach is derived from based on Sukkim in the Torah. And one is a Kavachomer, Ketzad. How does Kavachomer work, says the Brisa? So this is 
source in a pasuk in the Torah. Hashem said to Moshe when Miriam got Sarat and she was outside of the camp, and Hashem said to Moshe, If her father would have spit in her face, would she not be embarrassed for seven days? So, therefore, the end of the Pasuk is, Let her be closed up outside of the camp for seven days. And she was, and therefore, she was kept separate and outside of the camp for seven days. Okay, so, so the Gemara says that's if her father. Father would have spit, but here God has basically shown her displeasure. So the Kavachomish should tell you when it's God who's doing it, it should be 14. Ella, but rather you can't go beyond where you started. Ella, it's enough that it goes from that that, that, that which we're learning out from, you know, it, to be from the place that you that we're the case we're applying to suffices that it is no more than the place we're deriving from. So since the case of the father was seven days, even though this is the case of God, the kavachomer will just get you seven days. Okay, so the gemara says so. You see, this principle of dayo is based on a puzzle because she wasn't closed up more than seven days; she was only closed out of the camp for seven days. So the says, no. When did Rabbi Tarfan not hold of Dayo? If that would mean that you would, um, it, that, that the alternative is giving up on the entire Kavachomer. If the Kavachomer produces results even after applying Dayo, he would hold Dayo. So what does that mean? It means in the case of Miriam and in most Kavachomers, you're deriving from A to B. You don't know the story about B. Kavachomer lets you get to B. So even when you apply Dayo, you still have said what we know about A applies to B. Really, B should be even more, but Dayo at least tells us what we knew about A. There he would hold of Dayo. What what would be the story when God, you know, spits in the face of Miriam figuratively? We don't know, but we know by her father it's seven. So we know by God it's seven. And even though Daya, even though we would want to go more, Daya limits us to seven. But at least we have the Kavachomer bore fruit. In our case of the shore that gores in Rishut Hanizak, we know that a shore that gores is half. We know it's half in Rishut Hanizak. There would never be a reason to think Rishut Hanizak would be different. We didn't know Rishut Arabi more than Rishut Hanizak. We knew every place is half. So the Kav Chomer, which tells us Rishut Arabim should be more, Rishut Hanizak should be more. If you apply Dayo, it's nothing more than we knew to begin with. We always knew that a shore that, that an ox that gored is half everywhere. So therefore, we're there. Dayo undermines the Kav Chomer. The Kav Chomer lets us go and to the next stage. Now, what is the next stage? How do you know how far to go? So there, you might look for other cues. So there, you know, it's not like you can say whatever you want. So by the Shechina, for example, Tosa says one logic is, is that based on a Gemara that says that, you know, the father contributes five things, the mother contributes five things, and the Shechina contributes ten. So it's not just we are, we, we're going to double. There's a logic to say that, but Dayo might hold us back. In Rishud Nizak, we see that Shane and Regal pay full amount. Okay, so therefore, if we already knew it, and then you can add to that the, the basic halacha about that place, and Kavu Chomer tells us, but the place should be, or that thing should be weightier, then Rabbi Tarvit says, I'm not going to go by Dayo. I'll use other cues to tell me um, how far to take it. And that will let me say that it will be full Nezek in Rishud Hanizak. Okay, so let's read that again. When does Rabbi Tarfin hold that I'm not going to be restrained by Dayo? That would undermine the Kavachomer, like we should on Isaac. I started off knowing half damages. I'm not going to use Dayo, which will basically tell me I can't do, do anything. 
But if the Kavach Omer allows me to learn something, even with the constraints of Dayo, Isay Dayo, he would hold of Dayo. So the idea that God, if God were to, um, you know, uh, reject somebody or show, show displeasure, it would be seven days. We never had a reason to say that. You use the Kavach Omer from the Father. I see a boss, so that would logically lead you to say 14. Asadayo comes dayo apik shiva va'okiya shiva. It removes the additional seven, but it leaves you on the base seven. So the Kavachomer allowed you to say, you know, which is basically the point of the Torah. The Torah says if the father would do it with seven, so certainly it should be at least seven here. But you wouldn't have started understanding the idea of seven. So the Kavachomer produced the idea of seven. So you go with the constraints of dayo. Okay, here, the Torah says that an ox that gores is half damages. There's be no reason to think it, uh, there's any distinction of where it gores. So, of course, it applies even in Rishad and Isaac. The Chavachomer tells you, ah, Rishad and Isaac is even more. It's even going to be full because Rishad and Isaac is weightier. And we can look at Shane Varegel and we can assume that it's going to be full. Um, and who turns to full Nezek. If you were to now insist on your Dayo, if your Kavachomer would be completely destroyed, you'd be back to half what you knew to begin with. So basically, the principle is Rabbi Tarfin, not the nice twist Rabbi Tarfin did in the Mishnah to focus on Rashid and Isaac and to say he's deriving it from Shane and Regal. Forget that. He is deriving it from Karen, but Rabbi Tarfin does not hold of Dayo. If there is, if the kavachomer otherwise would not produce any fruit, and as I said, presumably you have to you know if you're going to go beyond the base case, look at other evidence how far you can then take it. Okay, so now the gemara says but the rabbis would disagree. They would say that we already knew seven by God. How do we know seven by God? Because the end of the pasuk says let her be sealed up for seven days. Now, it's funny that obviously, as we're going to see in a minute, that's what you get from the Kavachomer. But the rabbis are saying, no, the Pasuk started by saying, you know, we know that if the father disgraces her, it's seven, and you know that if God were to do it, it would also be seven, and it's a Kavachomer. But you wouldn't know God to begin with, and, so, and you still, nevertheless, the Kavachomer is limited by the principle of Dayo. You don't go beyond what you knew from the, even though you, you don't go beyond it, even though you have a Kavachomer, and even though you knew Seven from the beginning. So the Gemara says, um, would say back, what are you talking about? That's the result of the Dayo. You don't start knowing what Miriam would be punished with by God because you did a Kavachomer, because you did Dayo, you get to the idea that God is seven. Okay? But if, but if you, but, but, an, but when you start with something and the Kavachomer doesn't bear fruit, you wouldn't say Dayo. Rabbanan, the rabbis would say back, it says another and she was sealed up for seven days. So since it says twice, therefore by God seven, and Miriam was sealed by seven, it's coming to tell you, I always knew the idea that God seven, and even though a Kavachoma would have pushed me more, I'm limited by Dayo, even though I started by knowing God seven. What would Rev Tarfan say back? He would say, No, it does say it again, but that's to tell you that you would, that the, the reason it repeats it is to tell you that this principle of Dayo applies not only here, but you would always say Dayo uh, if you actually, the Kavachomer bears fruit. Why would I think here would be different? Don't say that normally you don't say Dayo at all. 
Uh, but because, you know, God cares for Moshe, Moshe prays for Miriam, God is going to say, you know, here, I'm not going to go 14. Here, we're going to apply Dayo and only say 7. Because of you, Moshe, I care for you, so we're going to limit Miriam to the case of F, had it been like her father. So the second, so therefore it says again, no, 7 days, it's repeating 7 days, tell you, this principle of Dayo is a general principle. It's not God was applying it because God cared more for Moshe. Okay, so bottom line is, Rabbi Tarfin says, that was a little bit weird, uh, you know, because <laughs> clearly that's a case where, you know, you did not have it already written that it was seven. So Rabbi Tarfin says, yes, I concede to Dayo, and I concede to Dayo in all cases, not just by Moshe, but that is when the Kavachomer bears fruit. If the Kavachomer would not bear fruit, like in our case, I started by knowing that halacha, the Kavachomer allows me to go beyond the halacha I knew from the beginning, and does not, I'm not constrained by Dayo. All right, so that's the discussion of Rebbe Tarfin not holding by Dayo if the Kavachomer otherwise would not bear fruit. Now the Gemara is going to ask whether this is true in all cases. Rav Papa said to Abaye, the high Tana Delo Darish Dayo, the Avogav Delo Mifrech Kavachomer, I'll show you a Tana that is not constrained by Dayo, even if the Kavachomer is not undermined. Even though you could, it could bear fruit, he's still not constrained by Dayo. Where do you see this? Titania. Keri Bizav Minayan. How do you know that if a Zav sees Keri, sees uh, Shechvat Zerah, sees uh, semen, that that semen is um, Tameh? Okay? Now, the normal halacha is, is that if a normal person, a normal man, um, you know, um, has a seminal emission, that semen is considered an Av Hatuma. If a, somebody who is a Zav, somebody who has emissions for like three times and, you know, they're of a certain quality, they come from the penis, but they're not semen, um, that person is considered a Zav and he's a very, he's an Avatuma and it goes for seven days and it's very weighty and so on. And the Torah says that if he spits, his spit is also considered to be an Avatuma. Okay, so different liquids, you know, fluids that come from him are also an Avatuma, but the Torah specifically speaks about spit. So how do you know that the semen of a Zav is also a, is also a, what do you call it, an Avatuma? That is the question here. Um, now remember, and again, the semen of a Tahar person, of somebody who's just a normal person, is an Avatuma. So it says like this. Um, where are we? Titania. Keri Bezav Minayan. How do you know the Keri of Azav is, is Tameh? Vidinu, it's a Kavachomer. Matahor Betahor, Tameh Betameh. So, what is the story with spit, Tahor? That in a case of a person who is Tahor, it is Tameh by, by, by somebody that is Tameh. So, you have spit. Spit is normally Tahor when it comes out of a normal person, of a Tahor person. But when it comes out of a Tameh person, out of a Zav, his spit is Tameh. Okay, so ma tahor b'tahor. What is the some case of something that is tahor when it comes from a tahor person? Is tameh b'tameh? Is tameh, the spit is tameh when it comes out of a zav. Tameh b'tahor, the thing that is tameh when it comes from a tahor person, semen, ain't no din tameh b'tameh? Certainly we will tameh when it comes from a zav. All right, now that's fine. That's a kavachomer. So fine, shechvat zeres tameh by a zav. But that we, but now we're going to go beyond the original case. But, that's, but the, the purpose of that halacha is to tell you that the semen of a zav is tummy not only when you touch it, but even when you carry it. So here's the halacha. The semen, when it comes from a normal man, is tummy only by touching, not by carrying. The spit of a zav, the, what's called ma'ayanot of the zav, the uh, fluids of a zav, but the Torah only speaks about the spit, is tummy even if you carry it. It's a weightier tumah. We want to know that the semen 
of a zav is tamay, even is tamay the weightier one when you carry it. So we do it by a kavachomer. If semen is tamay by a normal person, certainly it's tamay by a zav. Okay, that's all very nice. But if you apply dio, you don't get to the idea that even when you carry it, you just get based on the original case when you touch it. So that's a case of a kavachomer, and we're not saying dio, and the Gemara is saying the kavachomer would bear fruit even with dio, because it would tell you it's tamay by azov, tamay by touch. Okay, so v'amai neima ahani kavachomer lemago. Why are you allowed to use your kavachomer and now speak about the semen of azov even when you carry it, which goes beyond the original case without dio? Why don't we say that the kavachomer even with dio will bear fruit? The kavachomer works to tell you lemago that your that the 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 the, the semen of azov is tamei by touch and ahani dio la fuke masa and dio will tell you, but not carrying. Okay, you, sorry, you can't go beyond the original case. Now, you're probably realizing that there's an obvious answer here. This is just like the goring of the half damages. Why should I ever have thought that the case of semen would be distinguished between a normal person and a zav? If it's tummy by a normal person, it's tummy by a zav. I already start by knowing normal tum of semen. So that's what the Gemara says. The same way I always start by knowing half damages of an ox, regardless of where it happens. That I knew before the, before the Kavachobah. V'chitema, now the Gemara says, so the Gemara addresses that. You'll say, l'magalo itzrich Kavachobah. No, for touching I didn't need a Kavachobah. Dilogara migava tahor. You know, it's not worse than a person who starts. You don't need a kavachomer. The Torah says when semen comes from a man, it's tameh, by touch. And that's no distinction by a tar person or by a zav. Okay? It's true. Nope, you still, still need a kavachomer. Why? I would have thought to say, um, When the Torah talks about a person who is Tamei because of seminal emission, it says he is not Tahor, because of this because of this event of the evening. So it says somebody who's who is whose seminal emission causes him to be Tamei. It wouldn't have applied to a Zav who was Tamei already. So the Torah's case of semen was only a Tahor person. I needed it because the semen caused him to become Tamei. I needed a Kavachomer to apply it to a Zav, and it should be limited to the original case of Maga. So Yotzezesh Einkir of Gamla, which excludes the case of a Zav, that his semen doesn't cause him to be Tamei, his Zav causes him to be Tamei. Kamash Malon. So the, the Kavachomer teaches you it applies to a Zav, but that doesn't let you go beyond your original case. So the Gemara says, What are you talking about? The Gemara says, It doesn't say only the semen caused him to be Tamei and nothing else. It says the semen caused him to become Tamei. Something else could also be called to come Tamei. So therefore, the original Pasuk by Balkari includes a Tar person and a Zav. So I already knew that the carry of a Zav was Tamei like a carry of a normal person. I already knew it was Tamei by touch. The Kavachomer tells me that it should go up one state and it should be like the spit, okay? And should be even by carrying. So that's the case, exactly fits, fits the idea of Rebbe Tarfon. You knew, it was just like an ox scoring, whether in public domain or private domain. You always knew Kerry was Tamei by all people, a normal person and a Zav, 
But Razav, of course, even spit is tame, and spit is tame like by carrying. Kavachomer, the carry should be tame by carrying. And don't say dayo, because dayo would completely undermine the kavachomer and it wouldn't bear fruit. And the kavachomer lets me see that it's like another comparable case, lets me see that it's like the spit and that it is tame even by carrying. So that works very nicely with Rebbe Tarfan. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, so the Gemara says, okay, so who is this Tana, therefore, that holds, like, that's Tana that we just cited, that says that the spit of a Zav, excuse me, the, the semen of a Zav is Tameh by carrying inherently because it's semen. Okay, so Uman Tamet Shamislay, the Amar Shechvat Zeresh Olzav Metamei B'Masa. Who is the one that holds that? Lo Rebbe Eliezer or Lo Rebbe Yoshua. It's neither Rebbe Eliezer nor Rebbe Yoshua. None. We taught in the Mishnah. Shechvat Zeresh Olzav Metamei B'Masa. Gavay Metamei B'Masa. Div Rebbe Eliezer. So Rebbe Eliezer actually completely rejects that the semen of a Zav is worse than the semen of a normal man, and says it only by touch and not by carrying. Certainly not like the Tana we just quoted. Rabbi Yoshua, Omer Rabbi Yoshua says, Af b'masa. No, it is even tame through carrying. But why? It's impossible that it does not have some little drops of ziva. Ziva is the uh, the, the the liquid the um, you know the the fluid that 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 makes this person a zav that that came from his penis three times so that has got to be a little bit of it mixed up in the semen and therefore that the ziva itself is tami b'masa so clearly it's present so therefore the semen is also tami b'masa because of the presence of the ziva so the gemara says adchan lo kama Rabbi Yoshua says it's only Tami B'masa because it's impossible that there's not a little bit of Ziva mixed into it. Halava, um, uh, um, it's not that low. He doesn't say the semen itself is Tami B'masa. So neither of the opinions in the Mishnah hold like this Brighta that uses a Kavachomer to say intrinsically the semen of a Zav would be like the spit. Okay, and the semen of a Zav therefore is intrinsically Tami B'masa. Ela Haitanu, it's the following time. The Mishnah here says, this is in Kalim, where it lists different degrees of Tumah, and it says, you know, one level above the thing we just mentioned is the, 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 the fluid of a Zav, um, um, Viroko and his spit, Vishikhvat Zaro and his semen, Umemi Raglav, his urine. Okay, so you'll notice all of these things are fluids that come from the Zav. Okay, Vidam Hanida and also the blood of Anida, so fluids that come from people that are Tameh because of fluids that emitted from their body. Whether touching or by carrying. So the Gemara says, How do you know semen there is intrinsically because it's a fluid and because it's semen? Maybe it's also because there's drops of ziva mixed into it. Of course, then you would ask, well, why urine, right? The point of this mission seems to be any fluids. And the Gemara basically says that. Then it should have said the, zov, the, 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 the ziva of a zav and his semen, if semen was because of the ziva. The fact that it put the spit between it, 
Why did it insert spit? And remember, spit is the case in the Torah where it's a fluid that is that actually, you know, is normally an innocuous fluid that nevertheless is Tommy Bimasa. You're learning it out from the spit. And you're saying that really spit and other types of fluids as well, including semen, etc. So, you know, somebody else could have come along and said, spit represents all fluids, maybe without a kavachomer. I maybe would have been questioned, how do you know that? You know, Tumantara is relatively arbitrary and so on. So therefore, the Gemara is saying, in the end, this is exactly the kavachomer drasha from spit to say that if semen is normally tamay, it'll certainly be tamay by azov, or even spit is tamay. And therefore, the kavachomer allows you to say, and therefore, like the spit, and it should be full, and you, full, you know, by, you know, it should be even by carrying, and you do not apply dio because dio would then have undermined the kavachomer. Okay. Um, um, so that's that. So now we have actually proven a nice example of something that works like Rebbe Tarfan, okay? And where we see that otherwise the kavachomer would be undermined. Let's try again. I'll show you a Tana that does not hold of Dayo, even though the Kavachomer would otherwise bear fruit. Where do you see this? Titania. Another case of Tumantara. Um, How do you know that a Mapatz, which is like a, a wicker um, a mat, how do you know that's Tameh if it touches a dead body? Because a wicker mat, you know, is not the normal types of things that are Tameh. It's not a wood vessel. It's not a metal vessel. It is not a, um, I mean, it might, you know, even if you consider the wicker type of a wood, it's not a couple, it doesn't have a base keyboard, it doesn't have a receptacle, it's flat. It's not food, okay? It's not a garment. But we do know it's Tameh in one case. We know it's Tameh by Azov. Because Azov and Azov and Anida, things that they sit on, Mishkav and Merkav, Kala Mishkav Asheyushkav Alav, those things actually are Tameh, and this is made for sitting. So how do you know something that is a Mishkav by Azov, made for sitting, would become Tameh through contact by a dead body? Not so obvious. Maybe it's a unique status by Azov, because it's a, pr- a category of Mishkav. Okay, Titania. How do you know that a mat uh, becomes tame if it touches a dead body? Little, little um, um, pottery vessels are tahor by azov. Why? Because a little pottery vessel, meaning it's a very tiny little hole, um, um, they, you know, cannot become tame by touching or by moving. Why? Because a pottery vessel can only become tame if something c- touches it from the inside. So if it's a tiny little hole, think of like a perfume vial, like you see sometimes in the, like the museums or whatever, these ancient little pottery perfume vi- vials. Um, so therefore, there's no way you can get your finger in. The Zav can get his finger in. Um, and since he can't get any part of his skin in, there's no way he can touch it on the inside. And now how about what if he moves it? If a Zav moves something, he makes a Tameh. But the idea that when you move something, you make a Tameh um, is only based on the idea that it's like you touched it. So you have to be able to touch it in a way that will make a Tameh. Okay, so this type of little pottery vessel, there's no way a Zav can make a Tameh. Um, and nevertheless, Metami Bimeis. By a dead body, it's Tameh. Why? Because, it, because a dead body causes Tumah not just by touch, but by being under the same roof. Okay, and therefore, and if you want to conceptualize it as if the tuma fills the room and goes into that hole, you know, this sort of, you know, um, type of uh, abstract metaphysical tuma, but whatever, you don't need the physical, uh, actual skin of the flesh of the mate to touch it. So therefore, um, 
So these little vessels are, can, a zav cannot make them tamei, but a mate can. Mapat shemetamei bezav, a, a, a mat that is tamei by a zav because of mishkav, enu dinshi yitamei b'meis, would it certainly not become tamei through the, being under the roof or through touching with a dead body? Now, of course, you know, you could say this is sometimes the problem with a kavachomir. Maybe each thing has its own characteristics. The small little vessels work by a mate because a mate is about oh hell and being under the same roof. And a mapatz works by a zav because a zav is about, uh, what do you call it? It's about um, mishkav and about sitting on things. But nevertheless, the Kavachomer says, we, have, we know that a mace is weightier and it can communicate to these vessels. So therefore, it should certainly be able to communicate to, the, to this type of a mat. Okay, now fine. So that's a normal Kavachomer. But how do you know you're not going to say dayo? So this Gemara says, <laughs> But it is applied in that brighter to say that when a mace touches a mat, a mapat, it makes a tummy for seven days. Like if a mace touches anything, it makes a tummy for seven days. Even though the source of this, which is a zav, is that it actually only makes a tummy um, for one day, not for seven days. So therefore, you have exceeded your kavachomer. Okay, you needed the kavachomer to tell you it makes a mat tummy. Um, and you could apply dio and limit it to one day, and you still would have gained something from your kavachomer without bringing it to the full status of something touched by a mace, which is seven days. The Amai says the Gemara, the Kavachomer will help you tell you that if a mace touches a mat, it's tame till the evening, like was the original case by if a zav sits on it. The Shiva, and Daya will help you to, and Daya will limit it and say, but not the whole seven days. And that's a really good case because we didn't know the case of <coughs> a mat by a dead body. <coughs> a Malay, so Ravina said back to him. Um, Rav Nachman Bar Zechariah already asked this question to Abayi. Abayi and Abayi gave an answer. What was Abayi's answer? You're right. We don't start by a mace. We start by the idea of a sheretz. How do you know a sheretz, like a dead, creepy crawly that also is an avatuma and causes tumah? How do you know, like, you know, like a zav causes tumah? So how do you know a sheretz that touches a mat will make the mat tamay? And then we're going to apply the kavachomer simply. Anything a sheretz normally touches is one day. Anything a zav normally touches is one day. And we're going to apply the kavachomer and say, we go, we go mat from a zav, we bring it into the world of contact tumah, not just a zav, that's the world of mishkav and moshav, into the world of contact of a sheretz, and we're going to say one day, okay? And we'll get to mace in a minute. Okay, and here's what it says. How do you know that if a sheretz touches a mat, how do you know that is, how do you know that that's hanei? It's a kavachomen. What's the kavachomen? Little, little vessels, pottery vessels are, 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 are torn by a zav, but they're tummy with a sheretz. Why are they tummy with a sheretz? Because a sheretz doesn't have to stick its finger in. A sheretz has much smaller body parts. And the principle is that a, ter- a sheretz is metame even bikiadasha, even like the tiniest little bit of a, of a sheretz, like the size of a bean. So therefore, a sheretz can get into a tiny little vessel. Okay, so therefore these tiny little vessels are tabe are tar bizav and tame bisharet. Mapats shetame bizav and mapats, which is tame by azav, and who didn't say tame bisharet, certainly it'll be tame by a sharet. So that's how we bring this idea of a mat, of a mapats, into contact tuma because of a sharet. And the kavachomer is that there are things that a sharet can make tame that a zav cannot, like these little types of perfume vials. 
So the Gemara says, Okay, now how do you go from that to, apply, to learning out a mapatzvai case of a, of a dead body to say the full seven days? Nemar, now that we got into sheretz, now we can do it. Nemar beged v'or b'sheretz. It says by a sheretz, if it touches, you know, a garment or something, or, or leather, something made of leather, it, it makes it tamay. V'nemar beged v'or and It says it by a dead body. So now we're going to do it based on exerah shava. Ma beged v'or b'sheretz mapatz tamaybo. The same way you got the idea of, now we, that we got the idea of mapatz into sheretz, we're going to say, ah, so now sheretz makes a mat tamay. The kavachomer will say that it also is true by me. Now, you're going to say, again, just because it's a kavu, just because it's a Xeris Shava, how do you know that it goes beyond one day? The whole problem was, we know we can make a Mapetz Tame by a maze. How do you get it to be the full seven days of a maze? We'll see that in a minute. But first, we have to make the following point. Mufna. Now, this Kavachomer actually is open, meaning the words that are used to link Beget and Or are extra. They're not necessary. They're free to use for the Kavachomer, and that's important, because when words are needed for their own sake in the Pasuk, it's a much weaker Kavachomer, and any type of challenge, it's vulnerable to. When the words are extra, they're there specifically for the Kavachomer, then it's impervious to challenges. So Mufna, the words are extra. Elo Mufna, if it weren't extra, Ikalimifrach, you can challenge it. Um, because a sheretz is weightier than a mace in a certain way that even like the size of a bean causes tumah by a mace you know it's not a, a, a bean it needs something the size of an olive so therefore you have to say that these words of beget and or are extra to make it an ironclad kavachomer now the government says how is it extra michti Okay, the, the, the puzzle that talks about if you, t- it says, a person who touches a sheretz or a man from whom semen, um, you know, emits from. So in that pasuk, they're linked together. Big, okay, so therefore, the, when the Torah talks about Shechvat Zerah, it says any, you know, garment or whatever, or, or leather that there is semen on it, and then, you know, juxtaposed to it, it says that if a, um, um, if a person touches, you know, a, a, a she- um, hold on a second, I'm sorry, I misread that, let's do that again, okay, so Sheretz is connected to Sheretz because it says it speaks about you know semen and then it says and then it says and immediately juxtaposed to the semen case it talks about touching a Sheretz so there, there the two are already linked and that's so now you know they're linked and you know by it already says so therefore the Torah already juxtaposed and linked Shechvat Zerah, the semen, to the case of the Sheretz. And we already know by the semen that if it touches Begit or Or, it's Tameh. So it didn't have to say Begit and Or by, 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 by the Sheretz. You would have known it just from the pact that the Torah linked it to the case of the semen. So Shechvat Zerah, um, uh, so, Beged v'or, because of Rechamna B'Sharet Slamali, since it says Beged and Or by semen, why does it say it again by Sheretz if the two are linked? Shmamina Lef Nuye, it's to make it extra. And therefore, since it's extra, that makes an ironclad Kavachomer between Sheretz and Mace. And if Mapat is Tame with Sheretz, Mapat is Tame by Mace. So the Gemara says, Vakati Mufna Mitzat Echadhu. 
But okay, that's one half of it is extra. The, the words of Begin and Or are extra by Sheretz, but the words of Begin and Or we have yet to say are extra by Mace. So now how ironclad is a is a Shava when only one side of it is is extra? So that's good if you say that that shava where one set of the words is extra, you can learn your shava and ain meshivim, and you do not accept you know critiques. You know you don't have, you, it doesn't allow for responses. It's invulnerable. That's good. So now you have you know beged and or extra on one side. Um, that's good. But the one who says that even when one set of words are, are extra by a Gzeir Shava, you can critique it. And in, in order to make it ironclad, you need to have both sets of words extra. So, Michael Mamer, what can you say? This one, is, uh, this one can be critiqued because um, Sheretz is weightier in the sense of at least that it causes Tuma even even the size of a lentil bean. So, so the Gemara says, "The mace nami if You know what? The words begged and or are also extra by the case of the de- of the mace of the corpse. Michti mace is kishel shechvatar. Mace is also connected to the case of semen. Dechsiv anogeh b'chol tmei nefesh. Somebody that touches somebody who has become impure due to a corpse. Oh, in kishel teitemi menor, a man from whom zera comes out. The same pasuk we were talking about before. Dechsiv be b'shechvat zera v'chol begged v'chol or sheyalav shechvat zera." So again, same point. Shechvat Zera, it says Beget and Or, and both Sheretz and Mace in the same Pasuk are all connected to Shechvat Zera. So therefore, Asher Yalav Shechvat Zera, Beget V'Or, because of Rechman of Mace Lamali. So why do you need Beget and Or by the case of the corpse? Shma Mina Lef Nuyev, Avi Mufna Mishnei Tzadim. It comes to show you that it's extra and it's extra on both ends. Okay, so let's take a pause and sit, remind ourselves where we are. Okay, from the case of um, Zav that makes a mat tamay. We made a kavachomer to mace that a mat should be tamay, but we said that would limit you to one day. So fine. So we made a kavachomer to sheret and said that's tamay, that's one day. Now you know that a mat is tamay by a sheret. The kavachomer is these small little vials that a, a Zav can't get his finger in, but a sheret can go in and mace can go in by being under the same roof. Okay, so now you know a sheret that touches a mat is tamay one day. You also know that the words, we also are going to now have, that the words of Beget and Or are extra, both by a Sheret and by a Mace. Why? Because it says that a Shechvat Zera is Tame by Beget and Or, by clothing and leather, and Shechvat Zera and Mace and Sheretz are all in the same Pasuk. So therefore we know that Sheret and Mace, Beget and Or are Tame. Why did the Torah, so the fact that the Torah still said Beget and Or by Sheret and Beget and Or and tame, by Mace, those words are extra, they allow us to make an ironclad clad Shava, the words are totally there just for the linkage. And therefore, since there is um, a mat is tame by a sheret, a mat is tame by a mace, even though there would be a way you might want to challenge that shava. Okay, so now, how are we going to get to seven? That's what we're going to do now. Um, the idea you can get to seven now works if you say learn from it and apply it in its appropriate context. So learn from Sheretz that a mat is Tamei, make a Gzeirah Shava with these words that make ironclad Gzeirah Shava, Begad Noor, make a Gzeirah Shava and now apply it to a case of a mace. 
And a mace making something tamay, we know the general rule is when a mace makes something tamay, it makes it tamay for seven days. So the so the Gzeris Shava said, Don minar, we apply the principle of a man and we learn from Sharetz, Fuuki Basra, and you put it in the context of a mace, and when a mace makes something tamay, it makes it tamay for seven days. And that's how we get seven days. But according to the one who says, learn from it and take along its context, what can you say? It's almost like right now, sometimes you have when you do cut and paste in Windows, do you carry over the original formatting or do you apply the formatting of the place you're pasting it into? It's actually a perfect analogy. Okay, so if you say you're carrying over the original formatting, don't me know me know, so then we're limited to the case of only one day tuma, not seven day tuma, because yes, you learned it from Sheretz, but Sheretz is only one day tuma. So Amarava, Amarchra, the Pasuk says, we'll have a Pasuk that tells you that no, that it is seven days. You shall cleanse your garments on the seventh day. Anything that's Tamay be maze is going to be by Yom HaShvi, is going to be seven days. So even though the originally we used the original context and maybe would have only said one day by the case of the mat, this extra Pasuk of the Chibastem Bikdechem tells you that anything that's Tamay by the case of a maze is seven days, and that upgrades this from the one day to the seven days. Okay, we will stop here.